0: I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, well, welcome back, Solar Warriors, climate champions. This is another Tactical Tuesday here on Suncast. These are conversations with subject matter experts designed to give you practical tools, tips and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us in this clean energy revolution here on suncast if thursdays are thoughtful insights into the who of the industry consider this the what when how where the tools of the trade if you will and very often as is today we bring you content from one of our many live broadcasts and trainings this one in particular is coming to you from the most recent live event that we've held, which is RE where we partnered with the conference to bring the Power Up Media Zone to life. At the Media Zone, we interviewed industry thought leaders, personalities, executives, and founders to glean their insights about the current trends and where the industry is going. This is one such interview, and I know you are going to love it. And if you're new here, I would hope that you will subscribe to the show. I hope that we earn your attention and trust after today's conversation. Of course, you can find more than 525 additional founder stories and startup advice over in our catalog of back conversations at mysuncast.com. You will also find all of the conversations that we streamed live from the Power Up Media Zone over on YouTube. If you just search Suncast Media Or if you just put in to YouTube the channel marker for Suncast Media, it's all one word, Suncast Media, you will certainly find our channel and become one of our more than 1,000 subscribers to that channel as well. For now, let's get down to business and tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, with another practical, tactical, live conversation from RE Plus here on Suncast. Welcome back to the Power Up Media Zone powered by Suncast Media and presented by Fluence. We are also streaming live at suncast.live. If you don't have the chance to stick around and hang out with us here in the media zone, you can watch it at suncast.live. Thanks to our streaming partners, SunGrow and Tygo. If you are watching on the live stream, thank you for tuning in. I want to make sure you bookmark the suncast.live so that you can take these conversations on the go with you. We'd also like to thank our supporting sponsors who make the media zone possible, AES, Aurora, SMA, Solreit, and SunGrow. If you have uh, been living under a rock in the power industry, you probably haven't heard of my next guest and his company, AES Corporation has been around for quite some time and a relative newcomer to the rel- to the overall utility industry, but nonetheless, a behemoth in just about every category that they've attacked. AES was named the top 10 on Fast Company's 2010 ranking of best workplaces for innovators. And we're going to talk about how that innovative work culture uh, has spawned technologies and companies that have themselves become well-renowned in the industry. In 2021, Bloomberg also ranked them as the top global provider of corporate energy at just under three gigawatts with a G, three gigawatts AES. Have you ever wondered how a big company like AES can uh, work with big tech companies like Google and time match the renewables to achieve 24-7 renewable energy? Well, you're in the right place because our next guest is going to talk a little bit about that. You're going to have to stick around to the end, of course. I'm not going to divulge that right at the beginning, but that's just so that you'll come and sit down with us and join us in the Media Zone. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce Woody Rubin. Woody is the Chief Development Officer at AES Energy, and he's had a front row seat on how technology innovation has really, truly unlocked commercial innovation. Woody, welcome to the Power Up Media Zone. Thank you, Nico. It's great to be here. Great to see you here live. Absolutely. It's great to have you here as well, my friend. For those who perhaps don't know you can you quickly give us a description of the career path that brought you to aes
1: absolutely and let me give let me do the cliff notes version so mm-hmm. we don't bore everyone out out here because we have more interesting things to talk about mm-hmm. but, um, but i joined aes in 2014 via M&A, uh when aes acquired a business called main street power that was a a small group of great innovators i'm glad i'm um, thank you for the intro there and uh and a really entrepreneurial team in the U.S., but, but needing a platform. And uh, mm-hmm. that small group, many of whom, by the way, are, are walking the halls here, conference floor, and so it's great to see them uh, here today, years later. But uh, that, that, so as I mentioned, that was in 2014. I started out in the, the industry and in my really first job out of school as a, an attorney in a project finance practice in New York. And I, so I got to kind of see all these contracts from, from, from the get-go. I got into development, we can talk about that later. And since then, it's kind of been a, a just a straight climb up of incremental growth and, and really just, just un- unbelievable scale within AES. We, we can get into it, but mm-hmm. we're AES Clean Energy now is a team of almost 900 people. So wow. from that, that 30 person group that, that was acquired back in 2014, we've merged with, the, with several other companies to now be under the AES Clean Energy umbrella, mm. former S-Power team, many, many of whom have, of course are out here today, Advanced Energy, a small wind group, uh, Community Energy, and several large operating wind, uh, wind groups too, all now under this, this AES Clean Energy umbrella.
0: As you mentioned, you joined through the AES Main Street acquisition almost a decade ago now. And most assuredly, when you joined AES, it was not considered by many a renewables company in quotation marks. Can you paint for us a picture of the transformation of AES kind of from the inside out from the time you've joined and maybe how how it came about up to now? Help us understand sort of that now then from then to now yeah absolutely so you're right uh, at, at the time that 30 35 person team that i mentioned
1: that that joined with VAS was part of a, a small team in aes uh, focused solely on renewables mm-hmm. and and looking across the, the the global platform but what was so so neat right from the get-go is that to, to recognize is that even though we were a small team in a very large company focused on renewables the, the DNA for the kind of innovation and agility that it takes to, to scale up a renewables business over the time that we have gone, gone from, you know, less than I think a 50 megawatt operational portfolio that we had at the time in Main Street to now is the 10 gigawatt business. Just wow. to give you a sense of the scale, right? Four and a half, about four and a half, five of that, which is operational. Second, and then the other uh, five that we have late stage in, in development and, and contracted. But what was evident right from the get-go is th- that first off, AES, even at, back to its founding, was thirty years ago, had this vision for renewables playing a really co- important component uh, in in the fleet, right? And that coupled with this entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. in a big company, heavily focused on innovation. Yeah. Right? So it was clear that that really all the pieces there that you would need to scale up a renewables platform in terms of you know decades of experience around the globe, multiple technologies, right? Innovating new technologies. And we can talk about battery storage and that's a great good example sure. uh, within, within AES. But you, you know, so, so while the transformation has been profound mm-hmm. right, in, terms of, in terms of AES's, for example, commitment on, on reducing the coal and carbon impact, right? And the, the vast, vast and, and quick ramp up in renewables, all the pieces were there even, and even evident in my first couple weeks you know, within the company.
0: Well, you mentioned the the reduction of coal AES has like most utilities built out coal fleets around the world and yet is one of the leading companies in commitments committed to no more coal after 2023 and a global decarbonization zero coal target by 2020 by 2050 the the 2023 no more coal is that just here domestically? Is that globally? Help me understand that. Sure, Sorry. so there's
1: coal, there's kind of coal and carbon mm-hmm. and, 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 and carbon uh, commitments, right? Um, coal coal nearer term, right? And then mm-hmm. net zero on, on, on carbon, carbon over the longer term, right? You know, just, just a, another reference to kind of AES's founding, right? One of the other founding principles that I actually kind of want to get to in terms of what, where we see this in, in the renewable footprint mm-hmm. now was bringing kind of power to underserved markets, right? And improving lives by doing so, yeah. right? So in other words, going into an area like, like Puerto Rico that's in a horrible outage right mm-hmm. now, right? But delivering low cost, affordable energy, right? So that's, that's kind of the spirit, right, of the, of the, founding, of, of the, of the founding principles. And you know, if you think about that as the, the, the launching path, to where we need to get to fully decarbonize our sectors now if we're going to confront, you know, the, the challenge of our generation, climate change. It's really that same spirit of bringing power where it's needed, right? But the new flavor of that, right, is a renewable and and we'll get into it, but a 24-7 product, mm-hmm. right? So, so not only serving underserved communities, right, where power is needed, but bring now bringing it in a way that's responsible, clean, yeah. and safe.
0: Well, one of the ways that we've all seen over the last 10, 15 years, and certainly over the last three to five years, our sector get closer to providing firm power, which is kind of what we're talking how do we do 24-7 decarbonized power, is battery technology. And I think that it's, it's safe to say that practically no company has innovated around batteries in quite the same way as AES, and certainly Fluence as a company that was an extension and now spinoff of AES, one of the unicorns of our industry. Can you talk a bit about the innovation culture at AES? How did the innovation at AES, specifically around experimenting with batteries as a grid-edge technology, contribute to what we now see as the energy transformation Within such a large organization, yeah, it's now. Thanks
1: for asking. It's a fascinating story. I, I, I really feel super privileged and humbled to have been able to be a part of part of that. Um, I certainly certainly didn't join it at the at the inception, but uh, you know, maybe to share one really tangible example. Right, as I mentioned, when we joined AES, small group focused on renewable generation and and, and scaling up that business. Right, we were in a in a broader group that included uh, AES Energy Storage. Mm-hmm. Right, part of the part of the DNA and roots within what that's that's now Fluence. and. And and that group was really ahead of its time in proving out early applications for battery storage at a time when this was not a commercial and certainly not a financeable technology application yet. Mm -hmm. But this team identified the the advantages of of pairing of of what batteries could deliver to the grid. Mm. There are some really interesting early examples of this, for example, in Chile, where uh, the team identified a a capacity need and a regulation requirement in Chile. And were, we're able to to pair a standalone battery, battery system next to a thermal plant mm-hmm. to unlock, unlock capacity and proved out that business model, yeah. right? And then you fast forward to the time when I joined the company and we're focused on building out renewable generation, right? Those early learnings, right, of, of, of pioneering a technology solution, when that combined with the renewable growth business, right? It had all kind of the foundational DNA and comfort, right, that you would want to to then combine the best of both worlds: combine, you know, low-cost renewable energy, right, with uh, the capacity benefits of storage, and then having the two combined. Has, has, really, has really allowed us to springboard and jump into markets where to unlock a level of renewable penetration and, and benefits to the grid that, that are, are really hard to understate. And, and, mm. and now we take as commonplace, and it's, and it's fascinating to see so many folks here on the floor innovating that area today. Yeah, right? it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you guys did unlock in many ways a, a category that would foretell that the evolution of how development itself would be done. Hey, Sunshine. Cloud's got you down. It doesn't have to be that way. Leading solar enterprises around the world are making the most of their investments in Sunshine with Solar Anywhere, the data and intelligence service from clean power research. Whether you're designing or operating solar assets, Solar Anywhere helps you reduce project risk and improve performance benchmarking. Learn more at mysuncast.com forward slash solaranywhere. Have you been curious about utility scale storage? SunGrow's revolutionary liquid-cooled solution is revolutionizing the storage landscape. It's built-in DC-to-DC coupling combined with other features like higher energy density and 3% slower battery degradation make it a robust solution that companies nationwide are choosing. You can learn more about this innovative solution by SunGrow by visiting mysuncast.com forward slash SunGrow. Hey family, one quick reminder here that if you haven't yet joined Resource Labs, you are missing out. It is our outstanding community. It's the evolution of Suncast. Moving from presentations, you listening to us talk, to conversations, our community involved in conversations as varied as Powering Australia, to Green Hydrogen, to Crypto and so many other things. Our newsroom is full of great insights. The main chat and even our RE Plus where to party at channel have been popping off. We've got more than 100 folks enjoying the community and I would invite you in. You can do that at mysuncast.com forward slash community. Come see how Resource Labs can help you grow your influence, impact, and income. See you inside. I'd love to know what early learnings from those solar plus battery storage projects you mentioned. The Chile project you have, you had the first, as I understand it, the first open call. Remind me the, the terminology on... Um, so I think you're referring
1: to the Alamitos project, Alamitos which, project is, yeah. which is a little down the road from here, but that's, that's right. the first all-source battery All source, that's right. to win on a technology yeah. neutral capacity. So how do these yeah.
0: are these early projects really unlock value for customers?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so, gosh, there's so many different ways, right? I think that you know, the, the, the storage as a, as a uh, Swiss Army knife is a, is a good example, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are so many different services that storage can provide. I'll give you a couple. So, so first off, I often use as, uh, Hawaii as an example. Because the challenges are so unique, and I think the challenges that we're seeing in Hawaii are often foretell the ones we see here on the mainland. Right? In Hawaii, you've got a, a, a grid that's basically saturated with as-delivered renewables, right? Yeah. The grid just can't take any more renewables when, when it's sunny and when the wind is shining, right? When the, when the sun is shining. So, so renewables are needed to cover the peak, right, when that when that generation isn't there. And so storage has unlocked a level of penetration that wouldn't be available for generation, for renewable generation only. But the, kind of the next level of that, right, so, so kind of version 1.0, if you will, has been the shift from daytime solar to cover evening and morning peak and version 2.0 has really been the speed that we're replacing technology we're replacing a thermal spinning asset with a digital asset right in this kind of conversion if you think about it from analog to digital if you will right the inherent speed in the system mm-hmm. and that and the, all the services that storage can provide means that not only are we kind of shifting to renewables from when they're produced to when they're needed but we're all the grid is also able to operate more efficiently so that thermal units are are being able to be taken offline for whole periods of the day. And you see islanding grids in Hawaii, like Kauai, that's running 100% renewable on a daily basis. And that wouldn't be
0: possible without these unique pairings of of a renewable asset with storage. Yeah. And you're able to deploy what you have. Is it eight megawatt hour long duration? That's, a, that's essentially a long duration storage that, at this point, right? Well
1: yeah, no, thank you. So so that's right. So so solar you know, solar storage being proven out at four and five hours. Now we have an eight-hour project on wow. Oahu that we're very proud of with our with our customer partner, Hawaiian Electric. Uh KAUC has been on the, the Kauai Island Utility Cooperative has been on the, the forefront of this and, and even um, you know even new hybrid structures taking pumped hydro, for example, mm-hmm. battery storage and solar to to reach a around a 16 hour oh a fully renewable, daily dispatchable product. Yep. So we're
0: teasing a little bit on what I talked about at the beginning, right? How do we actually get to 24-7? Because when you look at the solar curve, it doesn't exactly look like some of these customer customer loads that you're serving, like a database at Google, for example. So maybe you could give us, uh, paint for me a picture of how do we get to this concept of 24-7 renewables? I mentioned Google and others. I know folks out here are genuinely curious. How do you time match the variability of renewables and adding in storage, what other aspects of the market have to come into play to really match that Renewable project portfolio shaped to something like a data center shape, which is more like a box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So um, that's right. So let's hop from Hawaii to Virginia. Yeah.
1: Right. Short, short, eleven-hour flight. And yeah, and you're right. So if you think about a data center load, for example, right, it's a flat load, right? We're 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 on Microfo- Microsoft Teams and we're on <laughs> we're on our on our gadgets twenty four seven. So data data centers have to work twenty four seven, right? And you know, co creating the solution with with Google and other customers. Has been around building up a portfolio of renewable projects, right? Not just solar and wind, but also energy storage and other and other technologies, to best correlate to that shape, right? Of a flat shape, so not just you know not just a single solar shape, right, against a, a flat data center load, and you know the the theory, the the kind of concept that's been proven out here, right, is that while the really 1.0 of this great movement that has been Corporate procurement of renewables really was about taking an annual goal, right? I consume X you know, terawatt hours a year. I'm going to buy Y terawatt hours a year, and get X and Y close to close together, and call and kind of call it good, right? And you know, you really got to commend, I, I think, our, our our customer partners and here in in saying, you know, what, we can do better. The grid needs to do better, and we as a we as a renewable energy community need to do better, right? To to actually decarbonize the grid on a 24 seven time matched basis, yeah. right? And the combination of building up those portfolios, we work with uh, not only our own projects, but third party developers to build up that portfolio, to follow a customer's load, right? Even when it's flat and be able to on a, on an hourly basis, ensure that the additional megawatts that we're putting on the grid best matched uh, our, our customer's profile. And that's, that's greening the grid, that's mm-hmm. decarbonizing the grid to a much greater extent than would otherwise be, be available.
0: Now- one of the things that I've been curious about is it's not, in some cases, like, what's the fluctuation through the day of the actual amount of Renewable power being purchased, and how does that, how do you match that piece of it specifically? I guess it's from a trading uh, algorithm. That's right,
1: it's the combination of, of, of physical assets, mm-hmm. right? Physical delivery, mm-hmm. much of which is dependent on the renewable resource on any given day, yep. right? It's dependent on the, the thermal load on the grid, right? And that's also changing every day, and it's based on our, our customers' demand, right? Which is, which is, you know, I described a generic flat yeah. load, but of course every day is different, yep. right? And so to, to pair all those things, you, you need everything you mentioned, including the trading aspect right and it, and it does and it does change right uh, depending on, on what grid you're in so for example you know to get to a, a near hundred percent time match renewable product right that ramp and you know kind of that goal will be much more ambitious in some markets right where you don't have a, a, a existing you know and heavy penetration of renewables than for example if you're you know here in, in California, which has been a great, you know, early adopter for the industry.
0: Yeah. Well we've talked about a bunch about technology innovation and how that unlocked commercial innovation, but you manage a project development team inside of AES after all, and that's about origination and building these assets. Has there been any innovation on the development side of the business, not just on the technology side? Yep.
1: Absolutely, it's you know, it's um, I guess what I, what I love so much and what just keeps me kind of thrilled to, to be in this industry after a few years is you know when it comes down to to to, to what is development, right? And I I know you're you're in the, you're a, a former music industry person, so you'll appreciate this, but I like the orchestra conductor role, mm-hmm. right? Where you know the the best developers are not going to be the best at running a PV or probably a financial model, right? Or all the other components that you have to get right, right, in order to get one of these projects, right? And and so what's neat from development, right, is you can look across all the areas, and I think our best developers do this, and and you're constantly looking for how can I improve a process, how can I improve a, an outreach to a landowner, for example? How can, I, how can I improve that process? How can we better study the grid to see where the inefficiencies are, where renewables are best needed, right? No. And, and really looking at each, each piece of the process, right? So you, you can be that, because the best orchestra conductors, right, aren't gonna step off the podium and play the violin. They're gonna bring the orchestra together and look at each piece of the puzzle and say, how do, how do I bring out the best of
0: each mm-hmm. piece so my ultimate product is the best? One of the interesting things that I've seen you bring to market and that we hear folks talking about in the development spaces. We are replacing our agricultural heritage in many places. The plant product uh, that we would grow for food is now becoming a plant that harvests energy. How have you as a team blended the idea of getting back to our agricultural roots as a country with the notion of agrivoltaics? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, so a couple of things come to mind. First off, and I'm excited about this and um, particularly with some of the provisions via RA focusing on, mm-hmm. you know, where our communities are where are our communities underserved, right? Where how can we ensure that the development within the renewable industry is 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 fair, fairly distributed, right, and and, and that to bring it back to the power to the people mm-hmm. concept, right, that's in a just way and equitable way, right? so I'm, I'm, I'm particularly excited about provisions of IRA that, that focus on this, but to, I think you brought a question in terms of you know how do we partner with our agricultural roots and our land and our agricultural landowners you know one is dual use and and that's something that we're heavily focused on you know Hawaii we have sheep on our on our projects we are we are focusing on pollinators on a good portion of our portfolio to support our bee our bee populations and there's a there's a whole bunch of interesting iterations of that you know kind of kind of across our fleet right. But it even goes to it even goes to um, things like, uh, you know, uh, supporting the tax base in areas that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, family farms that that wouldn't otherwise necessarily be able to continue. They're they're able to continue in a smaller footprint, but to do so, you know, in, in, in part in reliance on the tax base that these new projects bring.
0: Well, as we wrap, I wanted to just give you a moment to talk a bit more about, you know, as one of the preeminent developers uh, at AES Corporation, who is not only influencing and helping bring about this kind of policy change, you now get to benefit from it. What about the current momentum, the tailwind, as it were, of IRA and the way that you have been developing community-based resources for the last 40-plus years? What gets you the most excited right now as Chief Development Officer at AES? No, thank you. So first off, I'm not going to go into the to, to the
1: depths of IRA, um, mm-hmm. par- partly because we don't have enough time here, I don't think, and part and partly because there are, are a lot, there are folks on our team much smarter and better to speak to it than I am. That's, by the way, that's, I was talking about this over the weekend with a friend who was in town who, about the winning formula, of bringing in people who are smarter than you and mm-hmm. surrounding yourselves with them. And, and that, there's nothing truer than that, than within AES, uh, uh, for me personally. But I will mention one, which is up until now, for my entire entirety of my professional career, we've been focused on the 25% of carbon emissions in the U.S. that come from the power sector. Right. Right. And that has been such an incredible journey. And then, and then to think that that's just 1.0, right? And to think that IRA has, mm-hmm. these, has these support for green hydrogen, right? Which yeah. uh, for the first time ever, it feels uh, most real to me to say wow. we have to, uh, 27% of the sector that comes from transport, a third of that being in long haul. Mm-hmm. In addition to, back to your point on agriculture, products like green ammonia, right, that can start to decarbonize our agricultural sector, right, yeah. when we start to look at that footprint. So just to think that, again, everything that we, we've seen, right, in that trajectory, if, if we call that version 1.0, and now we're starting to decarbonize these other sector, or sectors of our society,
0: which which I, I, I fully believe that this industry is in the best position to do so. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's interesting that we that we end on the topic of green hydrogen, not one that we are going to talk a ton about, but we do have a whole session on hydrogen later this afternoon in the Hydrogen Power Hour. And it's one of the most tangible ways that clean, renewable electrons will be put to use because hydrogen is one of the ways that we can best decarbonize these hard-to-abate industries like the steel industry and the transport, heavy heavy transport industry. Well, Woody Rubin is the Chief Development Officer of AES Energy, and it has been truly my pleasure to host you here on the stage at the Power Up Media Zone. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Nico. And can I say, the haircut looks even better in person than on teams. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Appreciate that. like to take a moment from the stage here and thank once again our supporting sponsors who help make the media zone possible aes aurora energy some sma sorry just aurora sma solreit and SunGrow. the media zone is of course produced by suncast media and presented by fluence we'll be back in a few moments with brilliant days ahead how solar data optimizes solar project planning performance and forecasting with our friends from clean power research all right well thank you so much for tuning in to today's live stream replay from RE Plus Power Up Media Zone. I want to thank once again the sponsors who helped make the Media Zone possible. In particular, Fluence, who is our presenting sponsor and our wonderful supporting sponsors as well who contributed to this show. Thanks again to RE Plus for trusting us with half of your booth on the show floor. And thanks to each and every one of you who not only showed up here for this replay, but who showed up live on the show floor to help create that audience atmosphere and give us that feedback right from the show floor. I'd love to know what you learned from this conversation. If you'd go to mysuncast.com and click on the episode notes page, you'll find a link to the show notes for this episode right in your podcast player in the description. We always link to it. And in that show notes page, you'll easily find links to all of our social media. Would you take a moment and go on to LinkedIn Find the post that we've made for this episode and let us know what you thought about this one in particular. I know that the guests would love to hear your feedback and I would love to know how we can make this a more enjoyable experience for you or where exactly this landed and resonated for you. How does this episode help you push forward in your career, your business, your journey in this clean energy revolution? If you want to enjoy even more conversations like this, well, not only do we live stream the whole RE Plus event to our YouTube channel, which is also easily findable there in the show notes page, but we have more than 525 episodes, resources, highlights from all these discussions, along with social media links and each guest's book recommendations, their insights and so much more over on our website at mysuncast.com. If you've been wondering how you could partner with Suncast, like one of our sponsors did for this live event, or like our many partners throughout the year have partnered on our mini episodes and our custom Tactical Tuesday episodes. Or if you'd like to just inquire about potentially having me look at your business through the coaching lens or as an advisor and investor and help scale your clean energy business, well, you could find out how to do more of all of that by going over to mysuncast.com. We try to make it little easier for you to find the path that meets your needs as you scale your personal and professional journey in the clean energy economy. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.